<laughs> Welcome to Burning Holy moly, we have a very special episode of Burning Hell today with one of my favorite comics and very good friend, the incredible Erica Sparrow. Hey everybody, thanks for having me. Did you like that intro? Excited to be on, excited to be on and get into all the horrible things I've done in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to hell. Um, You've actually been from day one a comic in the New York State community that has been so nice so cool with me so open so funny all the time and overall kind oh thank you we talk a lot of shit about boys together we love boy talk (laughs) but also a lot of positives because we give credit when credit is due you know what I mean? We we do we don't bash all men you know we might have some tweets that are we don't bash all men just the just the ones who deserve it. Um, but exactly. if you guys love hysterical, informative, and unfiltered podcasts, you have to go to Shooters Gotta Shoot. Um, how's that pod going, by the way? Because I know I was on it in the very beginning. It's Honestly, it's going pretty great. Uh, we got a lot going on. We're getting into a lot of drama. Uh, so my half of the podcast is dating with herpes. So the beginning of the pod was like, I just started dating someone that was cool about it. It was like my first real relationship. And then right in the middle of the pod, we break up. And then it's right back to like putting yourself out there, you know? So it's a lot of ups and downs. It's like reality TV, but with herpes, which essentially a little just background on you. She's an incredible comic in New York City, um, performs all over. And she was recently named 2017's TBS Comics to Watch as part of New York Comedy Festival. She's been seen on TLC, Gotham Comedy Live. And that was like an old bio. <laughs> she's <laughs> yeah, I was like, she's all over old. the place now. <laughs> that, uh, was, that was from your was, website. You did that to yourself. Yeah. I was supposed to have a more recent credit and then the world shut down as it does. So, you know, what can you do? Now my credit is I'm on Burning in Hell. How about that? How about that? I've wanted you on for a while because I think the people who are great on Burning in Hell are people who are not afraid to be very open about things that other people might be scared of or people who are just open about their demons and... You know, when someone meets you, you are like so down to earth, so cool, very laid back, guys, girl, girls, girl, everyone's girl. And you are very open about the fact that you have herpes. Yeah, I mean, I I wasn't open about it for a very long time. And it kind of ate at me, especially just the world we live in is entertainment. So it's like, listen, if I was to suddenly blow up, it's like, that's going to come out. So... I kind of fought that a little Mm. bit and I finally was like, I'd rather get ahead of that and just kind of own it. And also because I just knew so many other people that quietly struggled with it. So I was like, I'm just going to rip the bandaid off and be like, hey, family, hey, friends from high school, hey, comedy community. Like, I got herpes. It is what it is, you know. Okay, before you got herpes, what was your idea of herpes? What did you think about it? Did you ever think you could get it? Well, I mean, I never thought I would get it because I was the type to, one, always use condoms. Two, always ask all of my partners before we had sex, like, hey, when's the last time you got tested? Have you ever had an STD? And partly that was because I knew how common herpes was. Like, I had a friend in college get it. So you came with a clipboard. I mean, you know, in general, I have the rule that's like, listen, unless this is like an exclusive just me and you thing, like condoms for sure, like that's boyfriend privilege only type Mm -hmm. of logic, you know? Yes. So I already naturally had all those things. And like, you know, I already was somebody that, I wasn't super promiscuous 
Like, I just, I mean, listen, if my DMs were flooded, I would be. Don't get me wrong, you know? Like, like I'm not shitting on people that aren't. I'm like, look, if it was coming at me, you know, every which way, I'd be having, you know, the time of my life, probably. But I just have never been that type. So for when I got mm-hmm. it, I just was like, how the fuck did I get this? Like, if I got this, so many people must have it. And sadly, that's how most people feel. Or they feel like only super promiscuous people You're get like- it, which is not true. Yeah, you're like, Sarah should have gotten it 10 times by now. This is fucked up. I mean, also just hearing so many people I know that constantly don't use protection with partners and don't ask questions either. And I'm like, you're, you've are you been out here for years not using condoms and you never, never even got chlamydia once or something, you know? And then I was like, I get hit with the incurable STD first time. Like, I don't even have HPV oh. yet. Oh my god! So who is the guy? What's his full name? What's his Instagram? <laughs> nah, I mean I you? never, uh, I never even really give clues to who it is because it's very like, if the point I'm trying to make is that it's not a big deal, it's like I'm not trying to go out publicly and bash this person, even though like, yeah, of course I was angry. Can you give me a play-by-play in terms of like, what, how you found out? If you told him how that yeah, went down? Yeah. So I uh, was seeing somebody for a little bit. We finally have sex. And then exactly a week later, I have like two bumps on like a Friday night. And I was like, what's this? And it was during the summer. My anniversary is actually coming up. Hot four years of the herp. And uh, so I like first was like, <laughs> okay, is this one, an ingrown hair? Because I just shaved, right? Like that's what I just assumed it was. And also two, it's so hot out. It's like you're chafing. You're walking around sweating all the time. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, this is probably some sweating, some irritation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm still a little freaked out because I'm like, I had sex a week ago. And I hadn't had sex in a very long time. So then my friend was like, yeah, just see what it looks like in the morning. You know, maybe go to City MD something. Next morning I wake up, it's now four bumps and they're like white. So they look different. It was like a red bump and then it was like suddenly kind of like a white looking, almost like a little crater-y, not to be too gross for the fans. But I was like, okay, this has multiplied and looks different. And of course I was freaked out. And I'm the type that I'm like, something's wrong, go to the doctor, get it checked, right? So I'm like first customer at City MD. I'm in the waiting room and City MD has they train so many people. So like constantly like different people will come in and do the check in with you because they're training medical students, which is a beautiful thing. But it was like, oh. how many people do I have to tell that I think I have herpes until someone looks at my vagina? <laughs> yeah. Like I remember oh like just panicking, being like someone needs to just glance at this and tell me what's up, you know? Um, finally someone yep. looks at it looks at it for like two seconds they're like yep most likely herpes blah blah but just starts the spiel and i was like whoa 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 i'm like can you look again can you check that again that was very quick for you to just assume and she just was like looked again she's like yeah mm, I mean, that's most likely what it is it's not a big deal yada 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 we'll write you a prescription we'll take a blood test etc cetera, etc cetera. so by the end of like that day and i had a gig so i had to drive like in one day like six hours total like three hours down three hours back with two other comics in the car and I was just like a mess I just wasn't talking thank god they were chatty and Monday that Monday I got my blood results and it was negative but I had like full outbreak at that point that I was like clearly this is something is it is it itchy or painful yeah so the first outbreak is painful it's the worst one so that's why it's so hard when you first get it to kind of go back out there in the dating world because it's so fresh in your memory and all you can think is like the last thing I ever want to do is give this to another person and it it takes time from like one having time since that outbreak that you're like oh okay this isn't a frequent outbreak thing like you feel like I'm gonna 
be like this like every time or every time I have sex or like you don't know every person's body is different like a lot of women will get a little outbreak like maybe around their period because your hormones change or your stress is higher Mm -hmm. so it's different for so many different people and like it really does take like having a couple partners to like even for yourself get comfortable with it but a lot of times you just you just have a pure fear in you because it's there's just a lot of shame with it when you're not having a flare-up is it contagious no so it's really barely contagious if you're not having a flare-up but people like me Mm -hmm. and other people i know that have gotten it and the other person had no signs no symptoms it's like yeah it's not impossible so if you was this a one night stand or a guy you were hooking up it was a guy i like went on a couple dates with and i did really like so i mean i looked at it at the time being like oh we're like dating but fast forward turns out he had a girlfriend the whole time so it's like oh we weren't dating and there were a lot of other sketchy things so I guess the other thing too a lot of people are like how do you tell someone you have herpes and basically I got my it was a good thing I got the blood results because it came back negative that they were like yeah you clearly just got it they're like whoever your most recent partner is it's most likely them and I'm like I'm only slept with one other person this year anyway so I contacted both of them the, the guy I was seeing I told in person and he immediately was like are you sure this is from me and also he was like "Woo, at least you're not pregnant and I'm like why is that every male reaction to bad news they're like oh pregnancy would be worse i'm like um i think we both have an std so you're kind of involved also in that so when you say it was negative it means that you that you got yeah i didn't have like antibodies yet in my system to fight it so that's what all the blood test does um and then you actually are supposed to go to a dermatologist for it which a lot of people think you should go to a gynecologist because you're like well it's on my vagina but it's really just a skin condition So that's another way it's Mm -hmm. like it's very different from every other STD like it's not transmitted the way chlamydia or even like AIDS is transmitted which is the exchange of fluids it's literally transmitted like skin to skin contact so you're more likely to get it as a woman because you have literally more surface area on your genitals wow yeah so once you tell him and he's like oh at least you're not pregnant like where did that conversation go you know it was one of those things that obviously I was like crying and just like felt terrible that he was just trying to like calm me down and like I think it was like let's go get ice cream <laughs> like it was very like you were like well my vagina is burning so put it on my vagina right yeah, now yeah exactly like I didn't show him what it looked like but I almost wish I did to be like yeah dude mm-hmm. this is how bad it is because you know he claims he didn't mm-hmm. know he had it and that's something that's like look he might have lied to me about a lot of things I'm never gonna know if he lied about that or if he didn't because a lot of people have it and have never had an outbreak and truly don't know. Or I have type 1, which is technically what cold sores are. So okay. you could have had cold sores as a child and not even known. And you technically have exactly what I have. So, you know, you want to give the benefit of it. And what's type 2? Type 2 is, yeah. I mean, the only difference really is, is type 2 is more painful and typically in the genital re- region. It's because type one is so common that they've like rebranded it as cold sores. But like mm. people don't realize that it's the exact same thing. The medication's the exact same. And also in both cases, like it doesn't damage your health whatsoever. I'm taking it. Sorry, in I'm like, I know it's a lot of I, info, but <laughs> No, do not apologize. It's great because I am not a big one night stand person. I like but I do enjoy having fun. Like if I like a guy, whatever. And I had a, a moment where I went on a random date with this like very handsome lacrosse player. On the date, he was kind of annoying. And then I, 
we got really drunk. I was like dancing at the bar alone with him, like that kind of drunk, get in a cab, fall asleep in his lap, that kind of drunk, get back to my place. I think we had sex and it was just like kind of a freeing thing. Lasted maybe one minute. Woke up in the morning, barely remembered it. Went to brunch with him and he was like talking to me and I was just like, oh, I'm so not into this. Like, ugh. And then he left and then I was seeing on and off seeing like two other people as well (laughs) no but it was a very like when you're single you know you're talking to a couple people one it was like kind of ending with one it was starting with and I had this random hookup and one of the guys called me and said my pee's burning really and I was like who are you fucking because it's not me I'm an angel baby I'm an (laughs) and he was like you're the only person I fucked up with and I was like what so I went to the doctor and they were like, you have chlamydia. Mm. Tell anyone you've been with recently. Um, here's a pill. Um, and it'll be gone. And at first I was like, oh my God, why are people so scared of STDs? This is like literally easier than getting a cold. <laughs> like I was just like on this pro, like normalized chlamydia. Like I got chlamydia and like oh, yeah. it's fine. And then I had to call the two guys. And it probably didn't bode over well, but I, one of them actually kind of liked me more because I think he could tell that it was like, well, she's not waiting around for me. So we didn't end up dating after that. So chlamydia was honestly a positive experience in my life. <laughs> also, it like scared me to be like wear a condom. But that's why it's like I feel like I have a lot of empathy for you being like we literally had the same exact situation, mm-hmm. but like it just was a chance thing. How did your confidence change from like before having herpes to having herpes when, when it comes to dating? Um, damn, I mean, like, when you first get it, it's, like, one, there's so much shame around it, but, like, sadly, when I was in the doctor's office, she's like, yeah, it's herpes, it's, like, the very first thought that came in my head was just, like, you didn't, you couldn't get a boyfriend before herpes, how are you gonna get one now? Like, I felt like it just ruined any chance I had at any of that, because it was, like, yeah, no one accepted you when you technically, like didn't have this flaw or like this baggage or you know it's just like there's so many negative connotations around it and it just sucks like it just sucks so much and also like most people that get it it's like because it's not curable it's like you're gonna have rejections for it and you know it's coming and I'm someone that like you know our podcast is literally about like I'll DM first I don't care I've made moves since I was in like middle school like I'm not the type to wait around so it's like I've handled rejection but it's like to have rejection for something that you kind of don't have control over and also like every doctor is like oh that's not a big deal at all or like you wouldn't want to date someone anyway that like wouldn't accept you for this and then you ask the doctor you're like oh do you have herpes and they're like no (laughs) i'm a doctor (laughs) like kind of thing and it's just it's it really is hard and out the gate like when i got it i was like in the best shape of my life but immediately i like dropped 10 pounds because I had this thought mm-hmm. in my head that was like, okay, well, for someone to be with you now, you need to be, like, really hot. Like, you need to bring it. You need to be in heels. You need to be wearing tight clothes. Like, you need to be so sexy. Like, you need to be, like, Scarlett Johansson sexy for a guy to be cool with herpes. So, like, for a very long time, my confidence was in the trash. I was very depressed. Um, I fortunately didn't hit the point that I, like, needed medication. And I credit that to, like... Mm-hmm honestly comedy is just something that you can do more of it 
you know you could just like make more videos tweet more write more perform more hang out at shows like thank god i had something to keep me busy to just keep me out of like some sort of depression and uh what really helped me get not even necessarily confidence back but more like just really helped me accept it and be okay with it was just hearing other people have it and be open about it and like i found this um like a little support group I went to that was all women that just had herpes. And it was so nice to just be like, oh, I can talk to people that it's like, they get it. And they'll also sit there and be like, yeah, it sucks. Because anything I found online or like publicly forum wise and stuff, anyone publicly saying they have herpes was never single. It was always people that were married, especially with women. It was always married women that it's like, look, I have herpes and, you know, I had kids and I got married and and I'm fine. And it's like, yeah, but nobody in the trenches talks about it because it sucks. It sucks. And it's like, even right now, I'm like, I just got choked up telling the story. And it's like, I've had it for four years. I've had people accept it. I'm cool with it. But it still will always have a little bit of that, like, fuck, like I ruined my life sometimes, you know? And it's so crazy because like what you did is something that so many people have done. And then you think like, okay, what did I do in a past life to fucking deserve this shit? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, yeah. but also like, it's so hard for women in general to just be confident in themselves, like without having a stigmatized disease that is so sexualized. And like, it's basically like the number one thing that like even comics would joke about, like we joke about herpes oh, yeah. as just like there's no positivity surrounding <laughs> it or understanding ever. Yeah. And like I appreciate you so much for opening up about it. And I want to hear more about like what positive experiences have you had in terms of dating and herpes? Like has it helped you like actually just be vulnerable with people in the beginning and them like and seeing their character for what kind of relationship they want? Like what has your experience been with that? Yeah, it's very like the good thing about it for me personally is I was never the type to like be even a little bit vulnerable and I don't know if you feel this way from like playing sports but I'm like that comes from sports where it's like yeah you can't emotionally react or you make a second mistake right so my whole life I've been trained of like keep your keep level-headed keep it cool like which is great with so many parts of life with work it's excellent. I yep. never lose my temper. I never get too emotional. Like I can handle criticism. So many parts of life, it really helps me, right? But the one part that I feel like it hurts you is in love, in dating. Because at yep. some point you have to open up to people a little bit more. So for me, almost like having to tell someone that I have herpes makes me put myself in a more open and vulnerable, vulnerable position that before I would completely avoid. Like, I would never, ever, what, in the first three months, ever get even slightly emotional or, you know, vulnerable. And it's partly because it's like, yeah, who wants to be with, like, some girl that cries all the time or whines all the time or, you know, isn't a good time, basically, right? You're like, I love crying. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, this is this is actually huge. I've only cried on mine, like, twice that I'm like, you got me, Hannah. I cracked. <laughs> I I literally love you so much and I just want to hold you and protect you from <laughs> everything in the world right now. I but I feel like it's not something that you can just say I have and like people like completely understand it. Like you also yeah. like I literally was like I don't even know how you can like spread it. I don't know when it's contagious. So you've probably had to have so many conversations that are so weird. Yeah, it's very like the problem about it I think is many people don't know about it. 
so people I've had yeah. be super cool about it, like right out the gate, whether it was just like friends or, you know, potential like partners, they often have someone in their life that has it. So they know a little bit about it mm. or, you know, like took medical classes or something. Um, because anyone that knows about it, if I tell them their first question is like, how long ago did you get it? And then when was your last outbreak? And for me, I'm like, that's the same answer. It was now four years ago, and the only real outbreak I had was four years ago, and I've been good since. And I don't even... Is that normal? Uh, for a lot of people, yeah. Because there's many people that have herpes, and they're like, no, no, no. I only had one outbreak. I don't have it. I'm like, you still have it. Like, it's still mm-hmm. in your system. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but it is it is common. For some people, they'll have, like, an outbreak once a year. They'll never have one. They'll, like I said, maybe get one a month. Like, it really varies. And some people, it's very stress-related. Other people, not at all. So, like, I don't even oh, wow. take, there's, like, daily meds you could take. And I only take those if I'm, like, about to, like, sleep with somebody. But I don't take it otherwise, and I'm fine. So, at what point is the best time to tell someone? Oh, man. This, I mean, it really varies. I have I got the advice from a lot of men that they were, like, just tell them, like, right before you're going to have sex. They're, like, a dude with a bummer. Right before you're about to suck no. their dick? Yeah, that's what a lot of people have told me to do, right? Like, you don't want them to be dick dumb and making decisions. <laughs> right. Like, I'm, like, or they have sex with you, and then they, like, the next morning are, like, what did I just do? I can't believe, you know? Yeah. Uh, but here's the thing. Either way, I have never found that to work. It only worked for me one time. One time, and that was it. And then also that person, like, never hooked up with me ever again. So I don't re- recommend dropping it, like, we're both naked in a bed about to do it yeah by the way i have to tell you this thing uh (laughs) i have uh from my group we from like the group kind of research of like everyone's experiences telling people we kind of created this saying that is blow them before you tell them (laughs) and here's the thing about it it more is being like if there's someone that you haven't even made out with you have not tested any sexual chemistry whatsoever, right? Yeah. And often it's like announcing you have herpes before even just like a really hot makeout is really putting like a wall up in physicalness between the two of you. Yeah. Whereas like, say you've made like out. Like you won't see that authentic physical chemistry. Yeah. Like if you've made out a couple times, it's like they, you know, they, I mean, essentially nobody has any idea when anybody has herpes, right? Like you can't tell looking at a mm-hmm. person if they have it. So it's also like if you have this physical connection, it kind of is in their brain of like, oh, this they're just as sexual as like anyone else I've ever been with. And I like, you know what I mean? Because that's that also takes time now, just getting like comfortable, even when someone is cool about herpes, getting comfortable having sex with that person and also vice versa, them getting fully comfortable with you. So like it has made me more patient, which is a good quality, but you know, there's that theory basically is like have some type of physicalness between you to like get comfortable, see that there's chemistry, right? Um, and yeah, see if you even want to talk to like get into it with them sexually. Exactly, right? Because I mean, a bad makeout, that's <laughs> especially a couple bad makeouts. Yeah, you know, you're like, I don't, I don't even want to, because if you can't kiss your lips up here, don't let them kiss your lips down there. Yeah, like I know so many people that go into a first date so nervous about like having the herpes conversation. And Mm -hmm. I kind of tell people, like, date is if you don't have it in the sense of, like, you don't even know if you're going to like this person. Like, you you have no idea. A first date is And let them also get to know you for you and not your herpes. Exactly. Because it's, like, everyone has their own kind of baggage, right? 
um, you know, like Molly, my co-host on the podcast, has like a lot of family drama, and she's like, I don't bring that up on a first date. So it's like, well, why do, no. when I bring up herpes on a first date? It's like that doesn't define me, you know. A hundred percent. Right. So it's like there's been so many first dates I go on that I'm like, I just don't want a second date, and I'm like, this had nothing to do with herpes. This was not related to herpes whatsoever. It was just seeing if I have chemistry with the person, like emotionally, you know. Um, so. Some people do, like, be physical a little bit first or just, I mean, ultimately, it's going to be, like, whenever you feel like the right time is. I've had friends, they're on a second date, and someone makes a herpes joke, and they're like, yeah, actually, I, I have it. And it's kind of like, oh. And then, you know, kind of like, the cat's out of the bag, because they just sat there like, I couldn't not say anything. And that worked for them. They're like, yeah, I just, you know, you got to own it whenever you tell somebody, which is hard. And the only way to get good at it is to tell people. So the first couple of people I told, I was a mess and it didn't work out. And it was partly because if I'm freaking out, whenever I tell you, you're going to freak out. <laughs> yeah. Like if you act like it's a big deal, it's a big deal to the other person. You know, like it's like if someone's oh. like, we need to talk. I have something, you know, yeah. I've been meaning to say. And they say something that you're like, that's fucking nothing. Just say it. Like, what was that yeah. build up for? You know, because some people tell people like over the phone because they don't want them to feel um, pressured mm -hmm. to like how they react facially to you mm. which i i think i co-sign that like that's how i've kind of been telling people after my ex is like meet them see if i like them see if there's some kind of connection and it's like less putting them on the spot like we're just having a phone call and i'm like oh yeah i'm like i've been meaning to tell you you know it's not a big deal um but i figured you should know like i do have herpes etc cetera, etc cetera. and i always go you know if you want to talk to me about it that's cool but like probably just ask your doctor you'd probably trust them more you know because every doctor is always like yeah this is not a big deal at all like so many people have so even though you are not having a flare-up you still feel like you should tell them yeah listen i'm not perfect i've been with people and not told them and it's something that i'm like look i don't judge people and if anything it made me understand the guy that gave it to me if he did know and didn't tell me because i'm like you're human yeah. you know and also it's like you take so many rejections and it's like you're just human but at the same time it's also like look the hookup game wow. is very like you don't give a shit about me you're not no. asking me any questions like sexual health is on both partners because i i really i don't i don't shit on anybody that's like yeah i just hooked up with this dude i didn't tell him like i took the meds we used a condom like i took all the precautions whatever um i'm not saying like that's for sure what you should do but i'm not gonna shit on it because i've done it and I'm not being like, I'm proud that I did, but I'm just like, yeah, I get it. Like, Do you have any like trauma f with sex that like this traumatizing thing happened to you when like giving your body to someone? I don't. And it's crazy that I'm like, I didn't know that I was so lucky, you know, like the most I've ever had that I would say is like trauma or whatever um, would be like, you're hooking up with a guy and you get the nudge to go down. Mm. you ever gotten like a little bit of like a push and you're like whoa 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 even if i wanted I to like, do that like even if i was sitting there like yeah i was fully planning on blowing you but the fact that you just nudged me like get the fuck out of here i'm gonna leave. i hate i hate that move because it's like i will suck your dick when i want to yeah don't fucking touch my head yeah it's a very i will like, bite it now i feel like it's now a very like college it. young age thing like where you know you gotta have a little bit of a grace for the you know men in general that's who we sleep with so men or is that like a porn thing like guys watching in porn they think that's what no you do. i think it's just like it comes with age and confidence that it's like you could just ask 
you know? <laughs> like, I'm less offended if you ask yeah. than if you fucking nudge me. But it's partly something yeah. that's like, you know, from my from my vibe, it's very like, look, I would never push someone to go down on me. It's like, look, if you want to do that, do that. But I'm not going to make anybody do anything they don't want to do, you know? Have you been giving a lot more blowjobs and not sex when you hook up with someone so you don't have to deal with the sex herpes conversation? Uh, I mean, because in college, now, I used but... to love giving blowjobs. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's something like, I hate to say it, ladies, but I'm like, if you go down first, usually that is not getting reciprocated, uh, specifically mm. first time you're with somebody. Um, but yeah, I've mm-hmm. had people that like, I either told I had herpes or I didn't tell yet that I was like, you know, we'll do everything but sex kind of situation. Um, like, have I actively done the blow them before you tell them thing? Uh, I think only like once, once, maybe twice. Can someone get it from fingering you during an outbreak? Uh, technically, yeah, because it's a skin condition. So you technically could mm-hmm. get it like in other areas of your skin, but it's very, very rare to do so. Um, like it typically needs to be an area that like there is moisture. So like kind of like if there was like a cut on your arm or your back and somehow, mm. you know, that got touched by like an infected area, um, which is why like you get it typically on your mouth and your vagina. And also I've randomly known someone that got it on their eye. Wow. Yeah. So it's like, you never, you never know the orifices. <laughs> you truly never um. know. Um, can I throw a fun fact in? I think a lot of people don't know. I'd love, I'd love a fun so fact. So one question I get from a lot of people is like, can you get both kinds of herpes? And the only way you can get both kinds is if they're in different areas. So like if you have type one on your mouth, oh. you can get type two on your vagina, but not on your mouth and vice versa. So I have type one on my vagina but that means that now I basically can't get type two. You can get type two on your mouth, but it is so rare. It's like one in 10 million. There's very rare cases of getting two on your mouth and one on your vagina type thing. But wow. so I guess I'm immune to number two, but. <laughs> so when did you tell your parents? Um, I did not tell my parents for like over three years. Uh, and I mainly only told them because I was gonna have the podcast come out and I was being public about it. And you know, they're on social media. They follow me, all my cousins follow me, all that stuff. And we're from a very, very big Italian family that tends to be more Mm -hmm. conservative about like sexual things in general. Traditional. Yeah. Like I did a joke once in front of my parents that I referenced a blowjob. I didn't even like say in the joke I'm blowing somebody, but I referenced a blowjob sexually and they were very upset and very angry at me. And I was sitting there like, man, I got a podcast coming out in two months that I'm going to be like, I have herpes, so get on board. Um... (laughs) Uh, that actually was probably the hardest part for me was telling them. Cause it's like, look, I'm close to my family and I love them and I respect them. And it's like, you want your parents to be proud of you. Like, even if you have a horrible relationship. So that part really, I just felt like I let them down. And when I first got it, I really felt like I let myself down. Like I felt very like, how could you let this happen? And even for them, like, I basically was like, the fear was like, you know, your parents have pillow talk between them. The same way it's like I have talks with my siblings that, you know, are about my parents and not in front of them. And it's very like, I don't know what that pillow talk is, but I already anticipated them being like, what the fuck is wrong with her? You know? Um, Yeah. And especially growing up, you were a basketball player, right? Yeah, man. I did a lot of sports. I was always in a sport because it was like, keep them busy. They don't get pregnant. You know, they won't waste time. But also like you're used to probably being like my parents love when I win and they love when I do well and like kind of performance oriented. Oh yeah. And cause I'm similar in that even like with love, it's like, if I'm like 
if I try my hardest and work my hardest and do all the right things, everything should happen right. But that's not love. That's not life. Like, yeah, yeah you can win a basketball game doing that or a tennis match. But I realized, like, life is about just, like, getting vulnerable and opening up and, like, it, dealing with all these fucking weird punches and ups and downs we're going to get that really are not logical. Yeah. Well, it's like as you get older, and you realize your parents are just people that are doing the best they can, mm-hmm. you know? The, and mm-hmm. it's like they'll still be like some type of superhero in your eyes for different reasons you know like i don't i've yet to meet someone that's like as caring as my mom or like as smart as my dad right like there's still yeah. this like high level i hold of them but it's like yeah they're also just people like you know they've screwed up too here and there it's like everybody's doing the best they can so you know i mean i guess it was good that it kind of was later in life where it's like yeah you guys fully see me as an adult like i pay my bills like I'm taking care of myself, you know, and a big part was also like, you kind of hate to put a burden on them because they worry about you enough, you know, that I just knew I was like, man, like my mom was already worried about me finding someone before. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, also I have herpes, (laughs) you know, like I'm like, is she still going to try to hook me up, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Do you ever get in that place where you try to make sense of it in your head being like, I think this happened for this reason now that it's like four years later? it's weird because it's like that kind of feels like martyry to say but it's almost like yeah this was truly the first like real real big challenge I had in life um both personally and like I guess within my family you know because it's it's true it's like I was raised like you work your ass off and you get the results you work for so Mm -hmm. like this is something that was like kind of doesn't matter how hard you worked or whatever rules you followed and you know I always felt like I just tried to do the right thing and be a good kid and it's like shit I did like quote everything right you know and I still ended up like getting an STD and it's like damn but at the same time it kind of makes it like you know like in my hometown it's small and it's like words out like Erica Spiro's got an STD you know and there's gonna be people that are shit talking it like ah I didn't know she was a whore which is not true um, but then there's going to be other people that have messaged me that they're like, Hey, my daughter got it too. And like, thanks, you know, like, thanks for saying that. And like, I would like to think I'm an example of a kid that was a good kid and like, yeah, shit happens. You know, like I know a girl that was valedictorian you- and went to med school and she like got pregnant at a wedding at a one night stand. And I remember hearing that yep. and I had herpes, but it wasn't public. And I just remember being like, how I felt was just like, yeah, you know what? Stuff happens. And she's smart and she'll be okay and she's got a good job you know i'm like she could raise a baby like i have a you know faith in her but i i felt bad for her because i was like yeah that feeling of judgment from other people is so hard to fully get out of your head like it's always going to be there a little bit but that's the thing that like makes us try to be better people you know and it's almost like you took the narrative into your own hands by being like instead of people just finding out and talking about it and Um, making up their own stories of how things went down you were like not only am I going to tell my story but hopefully it actually helps people yeah how do you think that you've changed as a person from like before right before you got herpes to like the Erica sitting here now um I mean I definitely was someone that was would be very judgmental about it I'm not gonna lie even though like I knew a little more about it than other people just because comedians are very open and there's other comics that have it and I knew a girl in college that got it but it's like, yeah, for sure I was someone that if I was about to hook up with somebody, whether I was dating them or like one night standish sort of thing, and they just were like, hey, by the way, I have herpes, like not a big deal, we'll use the condom. I would for sure be like, whoa, whoa, hold up. Like, I'm not going to do this tonight. 
I need to like think about this or do some research, but most likely like, look, if it was someone I was just going to hook up with, I would keep it moving. I'd be like, I'm not going to put myself at risk for an STD for one night of fun. Right. So it's like, now I know it's not a big deal, but it's also like, I don't judge people for feeling that way. Cause I'm like, yeah, I used to be one of those people. Like, and it makes sense that I'm like, listen, as much as it's like, I've never given it to someone. I've had a handful of partners since I've not used condoms with steady partners and stuff like that. And they never got it, but it's like, look, there's still a chance. And you know, some people are still going to reject me for it. So it's like, I don't know if I've super changed as a person. It's more like, I think I'm more open to other problems and stuff that people have like maybe mistakes in their past. Like if someone got a DUI or something, like I'm definitely way less judgmental now than I used to be because it was judgmental. like, I didn't have any of those. I didn't have like something on my record per se. And now it's like, yeah, everybody fucks up, <laughs> you know? How has it affected you, your comedy career? I mean, comedy is very much on pause right now. Minus the last couple of months. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> Besides that we all got fired. Um, I mean, I think in general, it's made me a more open person. And it's made me more like approachable and I guess less of like that wall up that I always had. Like people were like, yeah, you're always like head down, focused, working hard. But, you know, I think I would like to think it's made me more open to people like I had someone I don't really know well hit me up two days ago being like I just got herpes I heard you talk about it like and I'm like yeah call me like and we talked for like two hours just like you know yeah I know it sucks and the questions she had and stuff like that um but it's I would like to think it's made me just more open and like I don't know I guess less judgmental and maybe more approachable I like that part I can't really know I would like to think it did you know where's your confidence right now um pretty much back to what it was I mean it's more like kind of lockdown situation we're all in is just like sucks for dating in general like people that are single right now I know it's like you're like I have to make sure they don't get COVID <laughs> and herpes right well if anything I'm like maybe COVID's <laughs> gonna really help the herpes community where it's like look we won't kill you yeah like you're not gonna be bedridden <laughs> and on a ventilator from herpes like herpes is nothing compared to other STDs already and now a national disease like you know, like, I am, or maybe herpes makes us, it's, I don't know, immune to COVID. Who knows? We're going to come out with more may, studies. Oh, <laughs> yeah, maybe two negatives make a positive. Yeah. But I do think also, like, before the diseases are, like, so scary and maybe people are now, like, normalizing the idea of, like, yeah, there's a fucking pandemic. <laughs> right. And, like, having herpes maybe won't be seen as, like, so stigmatized. But you're so fucking open i love you so much <laughs> i want to end with a final game sure. that goes a little bit deeper mm -hmm. um it's time to play the seven deadly sins seven deadly sins what are you greedy about mm, i hate to say it but probably money i will often put work ahead of a lot of things and I would hope that's just because I'm still in such a hustle part of my career that it's like, I got to mm -hmm. take any cash I can get, any opportunity I can get. I mean, that being said, I'm not going to, you know, take some money for something like I think is terrible and don't believe in, you know, or somebody, I guess, that I'm like, oh, this person treats everyone horribly. I'm not going to go get treated horribly just for a check, you know. So, but if you are greedy about money... Going to comedy isn't like the traditional thing people no, do. It's not. So maybe you're more into like 
being really successful at something because you could be in fucking finance you could have you're competitive you could have done sales yeah well exactly like i hate to say this but i'm like money is the thing that makes me like competitive even you know like <laughs> like comedy i truly love because it's like there is not a lot of money in comedy and it's very hard to ever make <laughs> money in comedy so i'm like but i'm greedy with like my time and money in the sense that i'm like look if i like you and i'm down with you i am the most generous person in the world with both time money whatever right but it's like with people that I like don't value or don't treat me right I'm like no you're not getting any of my time and I'm certainly not letting you like cut out of like five dollars from me or whatever the hell good for you it's called fucking boundaries yeah. and I'm working on that's that. why like when <laughs> when I get sad like I had a breakup I the next month like had triple the income I had the month before just because I was like well I'm just gonna work then like that's how like I get over like being sad I'm like I'm yeah. just gonna keep busy I'm gonna double down on work because I don't have to worry about seeing somebody and having dinner with them and I can just and show all, all the, the haters time. like I'm gonna make money off comedy so sit back and watch yeah but like I've learned like <laughs> yeah a lot of times it doesn't it doesn't make you happier you know like I'm just sadder in better clothes or something you know <laughs> <laughs> no I mean you're right I feel like there's a point of an amount of money that you like can eat what you want have an apartment that is like good enough for you and be able to spend time with your friends and not be stressed about it but then like any the all the extra money dude more money more problems is a wise ass <laughs> quote especially with dating like I mm -hmm. find as you're getting older like when a guy is wealthy then he has all like the money issues with his family and they're always you know there's all this extra stuff that yeah the problems just change so there's still problems or it's like with even success right like we do comedy but like say someone that does work whatever regular job there's always something to like once you get success like once you have like just say enough money to take a nice vacation when it comes to like love then you're sitting there being like i wish i had someone to share this with so that even comes from little yeah it's like the taylor things. swift documentary yeah exactly like she literally took time off to be in love yeah she was holding all the grammys and she was like but i had no one to share this moment with right and it's fucking true yeah that's like um i had that breakup and while i was dating that guy i was in the process of submitting to like do a late night set and we broke up and then i got the news like a month later that i was approved and i was going to be on james corden right and I was so happy and so excited. And then I was so sad because the person I wanted to call wasn't in my life anymore. And even then it's like, yeah, he, I would be like, come to LA with me. Like, let's go for a couple days. Let's like have a fun trip. And it's like something big like that. Like I'm going to be on TV, but even just like a gig in a cool town that I get a hotel that I'm like, oh, this would be such a fun, bring someone with me. So it's like, yeah, no matter how much money you have, it doesn't truly allude to happiness because like, what what is life if you don't share it with people you love you know i guess maybe that's what extroverts say yeah. but. <laughs> no but it's also just human nature like that's why the pandemic has been so hard even for people like me who i think i like likes alone time you need to share your emotions and experiences with other people to feel human yeah. and alive um speaking of other humans who are you envious of Oh, man, a lot of people. I mean, I think in general, a lot of times we're envious of people that seem like they have it all, you know? Honestly, this is so weird to say, but, like, just because we just talked about love, I'm probably, right now in this moment, the most envious of, like, my parents. Because I'm like, they've been together a long time. They truly are in love. They're best friends. And it's like, I look at their marriage sometimes, and I'm like, damn, I have never had anything even close to this. 
So I think a lot of times I get envious of really anyone I know that's like truly in love and like having a great time as much as like you're happy for them. Like I feel so lucky that my parents are even together, let alone like actually in love. Because many people stay together and they're like, yeah, it's more of a friendship now, right? So it's like, it's hard because I think I also partly get envious because a lot of times they don't understand my situation because I'm like, you guys met in college and then got married at 23. Neither of you have ever been alone in hard parts of life. So, like, I get envious because it's like, yeah, when I go through stuff, like, not even herpes, just anything in life, I'm like, it's just me. Like, this is all on me to deal with and handle. And sometimes it's like, yeah, it's nice to have a fucking partner to help me out. Like, even if it is (laughs) something like, drive me to the damn airport, you know? And I also think that, like, your love story that you grew up with was two people who authentically loved each other. So then you in your own head are looking for, like, that kind of healthy, like amazing love yeah i mean there's nothing more exciting than actually liking someone let alone get into the part where they like you Mm -hmm. back (laughs) you know but it's like a lot of times with dating my frustration is often more i'm like i just don't like anybody you know what i mean and i hate when people like you're being too picky and i'm like i don't think i'm that picky it's just it like you know it just sucks when you're like there's not even a little crush i have just like oh that guy's cute or something you know what kind of guy do you think is your ideal partner personality wise or are we going like appearance wise both i for sure have a type appearance wise that i tried to avoid and i recently discovered that also most of them are libras which someone pointed out to me and i was like i never even thought to look that up uh i'm not huge into astrology what are you i'm a taurus so apparently that's a bad match and as you can see it has not worked out so um it's funny because I would be attracted to a lot of bad matches as a Leo. I, I would date tons of Virgos and Cancers and they say whatever's next to you in the horoscope list. Yeah. Like that's who you don't fuck with. So those are the <laughs> only ones I fucked with. But now I'm seeing a Scorpio. So we'll see. Um, oh, hello. Um, okay. So physically I got it down. Definitely dark hair. Um, good teeth. Nice smile. Uh, long, like lean, lean body. Like typically on the skinny side, actually. Um, so I go and, uh, deep voice. Cause I have a deep voice. So deeper than mine is mm-hmm. ideal. Um, but that's like, a yeah, if you put, if you put everyone I've been with in a room and the thing is I'm tall, I'm 5'11", but honestly height just makes you more attracted to a person, but it's not, not a deal breaker for me. I don't care. I love that for you. I've actually found dudes that are around my size, like six feet, uh, are better in mm-hmm. bed than dudes that are like six, five. Why do you think? dudes that are super tall you kind of just always had women like if you are really tall and you played a sport in college you're usually trash in bed because i'm like yeah you just had oh my god that's why i've had so much bad sex my whole life (laughs) yeah like college for me was a lot of literally my type to a t because yeah like society teaches you you go for the guy that like all the other girls like because of status or height or whatever bullshit and then you're like oh no girl ever told you that you're bad at this well also because often it's like look if you had all these women you've constantly had groupies or whatever it's like you never had to learn you get one and then you go to the next one so it's like i'm very weary of any man that has never been in a relationship because i think that's when most people learn and improve like having a steady partner or at least realize the joy of like pleasing your partner and like experiencing a woman having an orgasm once a dude experiences that they're addicted to it they're like oh i want this to happen every time and it's like yeah but it's getting them to experience that first time that is like yeah, a lot of times you need to be consistent with somebody. There's nothing hotter than a guy, like, being so focused on you and, like, your pleasure. Yeah. 
end because obviously like we are all trained to want a guy to be happy too so then when you have two people trying to please each other it's called fucking more way more fun yeah personality uh i you know what's funny is i know what i probably need but i don't know if that's necessarily what i'm always attracted to which is i guess the epitome of everybody explain um i tend to be more like structured and a little uptight and like i'm almost too work focused like i mentioned before that a lot of times i'm like yeah i I need someone that is probably more sweet and more like stop and smell the roses to make me kind of stop and smell the roses but what i've found is when i like someone like the relationship i was in i was happy to like skip a work thing or a networking thing to just hang out with them so i mean ultimately i think i need someone that is very confident because it's very intimidating to mm-hmm. date someone that not only is very open about their life in like a podcast form, but like on stage talking about life um, and kind of cool with like them being the center of attention a little bit in that way. Cause a lot of times every guy, you know, thinks they're funny and most people have a little funniness to them, but there's something to like guys that are like too obsessed with comedy and like i've always wanted to do it i'm like oh okay then go do it but i'm not gonna date you like i'm not holding your hand through this because no one held mine you know what i mean yeah i'm not your like comedy you know tutor i want a boyfriend exactly so i definitely want someone that's like loyal and um basically just like respects women and if anything loves when a woman like makes her own money and does her own thing because i'm like um, I want to yes. have kids, but I am not going to be just a stay-at-home mom. I just, I won't. I'll work at CVS if I have to. I don't care. I like having a job. That and makes me feel good and validated, and you got to be cool with that, you know? Yeah, and I do think that you can, people can call you picky or whatever, but I think at the end of the day, like, you're going to meet someone who, like, looks at you, reads you, knows what you're about, and all those little things are just what he inherently likes, and the same thing's going to happen to you when you meet someone, and it's not going to be, like, a like picky 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 thing it's just going to be two energies yeah or that's what i'm manifesting Mm -hmm. for both of us and (laughs) i I also i thought that i need like a little like wallflower to like let me shine or whatever but like i get bored with it and also like i want to root for your successes too right like i don't like being way more passionate about my life Mm -hmm. yeah and then i thought well maybe it has to be very different um but like i keep finding myself talking to comics again (laughs) but there is something it's 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 the kind of person and i do think actually two people who are like there's something hot about like a power couple of two people like working hard in their own ways and not being jealous and actually lifting each other up and and not comparing and just like learning from each other and it's hard to find but i do think like you need to be with someone who's fucking driven too because you want respect (laughs) if they're just kind of like that's why yeah. I'm almost like maybe yeah, like driven, a coder that's like very introverted but driven, <laughs> you know, like, or like a writer. Oh, yeah. Like writers <laughs> tend to be a little more introverted, but they work their ass off. And also, I feel like it is, it is hard for guys to date female comics if they're obsessed about like the comedy world. But in general, I think when we're not on stage, like humor is a chemistry between two people. Yeah, guys who are like trying to like do one-liners yeah. and like that's not. That's awkward. Right. I'm feeling awkward. I want to go home. Mom, can you come pick yeah, me up? Yeah, neither person should feel like they're um, entertaining the other person. It's like a relationship is improv. No. It's not stand-up. It's, you know, it's like feeding off of each other and having a good time together. Wow, I love that quote. You know what I mean? A relationship is improv. Yeah. And improv is chemistry. Like we're a team. And I want us to, yeah, be laughing yes. together. Because I don't like feeling like I'm, first of all, just carrying the conversation. Or two, 
I'm the one always like making you laugh. It's like, yeah. They say intimacy is two people laughing at the same exactly, time. Exactly. Right. Which really like hit me because it's like, yeah, it's not just everyone's like, I want to find a, a guy who makes me laugh. Yeah, that's not intimacy. No. Or like, I want a guy to laugh at all my jokes. I joke about that, but it's like, no, I want to shit on him and he shits on me. And then we're like making each other laugh. You could take two of the funniest comedians in the world, put them together, and they're not going to have good chemistry that makes people laugh. But anyway, yeah, it's an X factor. Yeah, um, but most people meet people question. through work. So the comedian thing makes sense for all of us. It's like, that's what we're around. Yeah, constantly. it's like we're dating coworkers. Yeah. Like I got on a dating app specifically to try to just get out of any comedy related people and I'm like, I just hate this app. Like, I'm like, I just don't enjoy it. So I feel like it's like a, it's a weird crossroads, or especially right now. It's like, it's very hard to meet people in real life. So like, what else are you going to do? It is a weird standstill. And that's why I think it's great. We're doing podcasts and just like overanalyzing our lives together. Cause that seems productive, right? That's the point. <laughs> what are you gluttonous about? So like, what do you overindulge in? Ooh, um, I'm a big binger on if I get into a TV show, I will be very unproductive. And that's often why there's many TV shows I've never started the seasons because I'm like, no, I will. (laughs) I'll be like, I'll just watch it before bed and I will be throwing an episode on in the middle of the day. I'm really bad about that. And then also, I feel like it's the obvious one, but like food. I'm a I love food. I'm always down to eat. And uh, that's that's a challenge to like not finish my plate. Yeah. (laughs) Sweet or savory? Um, I'm more of a sweet tooth if I'm looking for like a snack. So. That's also a tough habit to break. When was the last time you experienced extreme anger or wrath? Last week when my roommate had her (laughs) boyfriend just just start fucking with the toilet. (laughs) And it was like 10 p.m. on a Thursday. And then suddenly it's 1130 on a Thursday. And I wasn't home and nothing was said to me about it until I got a phone call that was like, "Um, everything's fine. But um, anyway, we're having a plumber come over. And I was like, it's 1130 on a Thursday. Who are you? Like, it's almost midnight. Who's coming over? But I was just furious because I'm like, uh, first of all, this person's not on the lease. I'm on the lease. So I was like, whatever happens to the toilet is my responsibility. And second of all, I'm like, why is your boyfriend touching anything in the apartment? It wasn't broken, you know? And even if it was, I'd be like, yeah, we need to tell the landlord. Like, this is not on us to do. You know what? The toilet issues bring out like a different, like a deeper anger than any kind. There's yeah. just something about, like, don't fuck with my bathroom time. Uh, well, also right now, it's like, I can't just, like, <laughs> run to the gym and use that toilet. Or even, like, into a restaurant. A lot of places, like, don't. There's, it's not open, you know? Literally going to the bathroom, you take it so for granted. But the second it's, like, a, like going to the bathroom at restaurants or social gatherings is, like, my literal favorite time <laughs> of peace. Yeah. And, like, just, like, aloneness. And, like, I can just, like, fart as loud as I want. And I am in a safe space. Mm-hmm. Um, that fucking pissed me off. Now I'm mad for you, especially when it's like, go use your own fucking toilet in your own fucking apartment. Well, it's also a trust thing of, I wasn't home and I was like, so if something didn't go wrong and our other roommate didn't tell you to call me, I would have just been left in the dark. Like I would have just come home to shit fucked up or fucked with. And then suddenly I'm like, why is the toilet not working? And it's like this sneakiness that I'm like, no, I don't. I'm like, that's not cool with me. I don't, it's like a trust thing. I'm like, oh, don't do that. And that's how Amber Heard (laughs) pooped in Johnny Depp's bed. Um, (laughs) When was the last time you were a sloth? So like super lazy. Oh God. I mean, definitely early quarantine when it was still cold and it was like, we're not going anywhere because we all thought this will be, this will be like really quick. You know, this will be a couple weeks. Like if anything, I was like, you know what, Erica, this is good. Let's make you take some time off, rest. 
Like I went through yep. my closet. I got like a big box to donate. I'm like, perfect. Uh, yeah. And then suddenly it was like, nope, this is for a long time. We need to be productive. How have you changed your schedule throughout quarantine to like be maybe more productive or like feel less bad about yourself? Um, well, at the beginning I was like, let me catch up on sleep. And then very quickly it was like, I am staying up till 3am for no reason watching TikTok. <laughs> or like i was finishing sopranos my sleep is still fucked I'm up like sopranos is not a show i can watch before bed i still go to bed at 3 a.m yeah, right every day and i have nothing so to do. like it helps that like it's brighter earlier in the day that i like sleep with my curtain open mm-hmm. so i'm like get up get up early do some productive stuff especially because like everything closes early now so i'm like it's not the new york it used to be so yeah. even if i want to go get groceries it's like okay no. well it closes at nine so you gotta get that shit in before i feel like every like 10 days i have a day that i just do nothing like, I just mentally, even in quarantine, I'll just be like, nope. Yeah. That's important. When was the last time you let your pride or your ego get in the way of something? Oh, that's a good question. Okay. Uh, <laughs> right after the breakup, or even during, during like, it wasn't a planned conversation. It was like, we were having a fun day. Then suddenly I was like, I think we are about to break up. Because, like, things get said out loud. And you're <laughs> like, oh, we can't go back from that. Like, we were just talking about us. And then it basically was like, oh, there's no future here all right let's get the check after like a pretty fun day yeah spending it was time like it other. was actually martin luther king day <laughs> it was like we both had off from work it was like let's go have a fun day right um but it's something like now going through a breakup and the whole uh you know the whole i had so many people be like you need to block them immediately like mute them and everything like get get them out of your life and i didn't fully do all that because i was like no 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 i I'm strong and I'm stubborn that I won't reach out to this person. Right. And you know, I didn't really, but it was like still that kind of you lightly keep in touch thing, like respond to stories and all that. And even like, there were a couple of times I was like, Hey, we should not talk for a while. Like, just like let this have a break. Cause you know, you don't, it didn't end badly. So that's when it's hard. But I mostly didn't yep. do that because I was like, if I get fucking James Corden and I have success in comedy, I want you to see it. That was like pure ego. I'm like, I want you to go to my Instagram and see me doing so well and looking so good and doing all these things that like you regret it. Like it's an ego thing. I'm like, no, I want you to see me succeed. That's why like I don't block X's or whatever. But like fast forward to like, yeah, like round three of like, hey, I can't really talk to you. It's quarantine. I'm losing my mind. Especially with herpes. It's very hard to not want to go back to any X. Like even someone that just was cool about it and slept with you. Cause you're like, yeah, you accept it. And I don't have to deal with rejection. Um, but it was like, yeah. basically, I was like, nah, you got to, I'm a firm believer now. And like, when something ends, and even say it, say it out loud. Tell your person, like, listen, this really doesn't have anything to do with you. But like, you know, we broke up. I want to get over it. I don't like seeing, because what drives me crazy is seeing his name, liking other people's pictures drove me nuts. That was the thing that I was like, the algorithm, like, you're still that first That's name. Instagram knows yeah instagram's trying to still fuck with yeah him. and i'm like there needs to be an option like because i muted him so his posts wouldn't pop up or anything but i'm like there needs to be an option that's like when mm-hmm. i mute somebody i don't want to see i don't want to know what girl's photos he's liking because he barely liked my pictures when we dated so that's like a irk of like oh you little yeah, sneak just like you're liking all these other need. girls not me yeah you know but it was pure ego it was purely because i was like I want you to see us. I love going cold turkey. I also love using exes as fuel to just give me more motivation. Yeah. To like <laughs> I mean, we all do. You know, that's why it's called like revenge body and stuff. Use it for positives. But I do believe like if it was meant to end, it's meant to end. And whenever you're missing someone, remember the darkest time you had with them because 
it's so easy to look back with rose-colored glasses. It is so easy. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And speaking of boys, <laughs> when was the last time you lusted over someone? Oh, definitely that guy. The guy I dated, for sure. Which is sad. That's like, God, now it feels like a year ago. Like, we broke up in January. <laughs> like, shit. Um, but yeah, that was the first person in a long time that really, like, caught my eye. And also, I just really liked. Like, re- just was... Mm-hmm. yeah it's almost like it is the rose colored glasses it's like kind of can do no yeah. wrong those first couple months like honeymoon phase who's your celebrity crush oh oh for sure um it'd be like benjamin bratt or adrian grenier kind of look slash john stamos they're all a little similar like oh dark hair curly great teeth you have such tan. a type i do i know i know i got a type i'm owning it i got not, a type not too or jacked. michael ely oh <laughs> fine yeah and not too jacked yeah that's also true so erica we have delved so fucking deep. I love this episode so much, but I want to wrap it up with the final question, which I ask all my guests and you've gone through hell okay. yeah. and back. <laughs> we all have. I want to know what advice would you give to other people on how to cope with your hell when you're going through it? Hope your hell. Um, a big thing for me is I am very bad at like crying and sometimes you need to just go have a good cry wherever you're comfortable crying whether you want to like go to a therapist and cry and talk to somebody you want to cry in the shower in your room you want to cry to a friend um i for a very long time would fight any emotion really very hard but specifically crying i still don't like to do like in front of people but sometimes you kind of keep fighting it and it's like especially new york city man there are bad days and when i first moved here i would see someone like on the train crying and i'd be like fucking get it together you know go home don't do that here. And then suddenly, like, three years later, you're like, now I'm crying on the train. Like, you didn't make There's it home. nothing better than a pu- <laughs> way public New York City cry where you're just like, ah! <laughs> and everyone's like, excuse me, I'm walking here, move over. And I'm like, ah! Yeah. And they're like, we don't give a fuck. Yeah. I actually had a big cry during quarantine because I don't cry a lot. Yeah. And I was holding it in. I was trying to be really strong because I was, like, dealing with a lot of hate on Twitter for something with, like, reality TV. And finally, again, the shower. And I realize, like, I do want to cry, but I won't let myself. And then I start crying because I never let myself cry. Like, it was, exactly. like, the most med- Then you start, you start crying over, like, why was I so hard on myself for so yeah. long? <laughs> and it was fucking orgasmic. Mm-hmm. And I do think, like, if you hold it in, like, a secret, things get bigger and bigger. But if you just let that shit out, whether it's, like, calling your friend, looking at yourself in the mirror and doing the, like, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> I think that it's actually like super healthy for you. Yeah. I was going to say like, I'm very, even like when I had herpes or whatever, or a breakup, I'll be very like, I'll pick an amount of time where I'm like, you get this amount of time. Maybe it's like for the weekend. Like if I don't have a lot of work to do or whatever, one day I'll be like, look, you got one day, two days. You're just going to be sad. You're going to double down on sadness. You're going to watch sad movies. You're going to cry. You're going to eat whatever the fuck you want. You're just, you're just going to do whatever you got to do. And then you pick a time where you're like, sad time's over. And then you make a plan for that day and you keep yourself busy doing something. So that's kind of how I try to get Acknowledging out of it. Like, your... F- I, I'm all for like, you got to be sad, but it's like, you got to kind of put a limit on it. And like, if you need another sad day in the future, for sure. You need, you, if you need one a week, do one a week, whatever you got to do. But like to not fall in like really pitfalls of sadness and depression, I'm like... You got to have a plan of like, what are you going to do to get out of it? What are you going to try? Just calling a friend, like you said, anything. Just, you got to like keep yourself busy somehow. 
they say like when you're a parent if your kid like falls and gets hurt acknowledge their feelings don't be like you're fine you're fine it's okay be like yeah "Yeah, that hurt and like you have to talk to yourself like that too instead of being like no it's what like stop don't be upset it's whatever be like yeah it hurts and I'm human and it's okay to be down on myself or disappointed or whatever because if you don't feel that it just gets suppressed and the next thing you know you're fighting with your boyfriend for no reason because you haven't dealt with your inner issues best tip that I ever got from somebody for people that are very hard on themselves which are a lot of athletes and very like self-blaming is basically like would you work for someone that is talking that would talk to you the way you talk to yourself or like would you be friends with someone that talks to you the way you talk to yourself and it's much easier said than done but a lot of times when I get those negative thoughts I'm basically like I wouldn't talk like this to my friend like I shouldn't be thinking that about myself so that's my last tidbit I'll share (laughs) you're so fucking right about that Erica where can people find you where can they listen to you where can they watch you give me the deets um all my social media is at Sperica which is s-p-e-r-i-c-a-a and I have my podcast is Shooters Gotta Shoot podcast and I have a new one coming out called What's Up Cuz it's with Lisa Velastro from the Cake Boss Show and that one's more family friendly so if you want kind of more family friendly questions and things like that and if you want dating relationship stuff come to Shooters Gotta Shoot pod we have a good time that's awesome and everyone listen to my episode Hannah Burner on Shooters Gotta Shoot um Erica you're the fucking best everyone thank you for coming to hell it was a hot <laughs> one today and I'll talk to you later thanks for having me bye <laughs>